Part Five of my reading of Forrest Landry's book, An Imminent Metaphysics. Page Five: The Nature of Metaphysics. Physics is the study of in, of the interactions within a given domain. Metaphysics is the study of the relationships between domains. In common usage, the meaning of the term domain is similar to the notions of objective reality, world, universe, and dimension, as in the notion of a space in which things happen. Here, the concept of domain extends to include any realm or class of thought, theory, and or imagination. For example, any single language is a domain. Each system of mathematics or field of scientific study is a domain. Each individual and personal dream is a domain. However, in more technical considerations, the notion of a domain must be regarded as abstract rather than as a concrete reference. A domain is not a container or context in which a certain type of things are content. Rather, it is a reference to the combination of a certain set of ideas. A domain, as a notion, does not refer to a total collection of things so much as it refers to a common context or type of consideration of three or more mutually associated and usually fundamental defining concepts. The term eventity refers to the combination of the meanings of an entity, thing, and an event. Each interaction, comparison, and being is an eventity. In some contexts, the meaning of the term eventity is also to be considered as a combination of the concepts of identity and relation. The principle of identity. Two eventities which cannot be, be cannot be distinguished by any property, logic, measurement, or interaction, i.e., two eventities which cannot be distinguished distinguished even in principle, must be the same in both identity and beingness. That which is indistinguishable by any means, mode, or method, must be the same. No semantic reference is to be assigned to that which is indistinguishable. For example, if two things are in all characteristics alike, position in space and time, all properties, energies, characters, etc., 
or any other forms of dimensional information or have the same values for all defined slash known dimensional measures then by the principle by the principle of identity they are the same in both consideration and beingness if they are not two or different if one cannot tell them apart then they are must be the same and have common instance awesome now i invite you to pre press pause so that you may reflect on what i've just read and then after you've had your moment of reflection you can press play and to hear my reflection I find it quite meaningful that I'm recording this reading of page five right after I spent four days at the Blue Mountains in Sydney with a few friends to celebrate the coming of the new year 2021. And it so happened that when I was there, we were staying in a friend's house, a few of the conversations I had pertained to or is related to this particular part of the book. I consider this to be an instance of the Jungian notion of synchronicity, which I understand to be is what happens when what happens in the outside world has meaning for the psyche, the suke, the inside, when, the, when there's congruence between what's happening inside of me in my psyche and what's happening outside. So the, the congruent events was includes First, uh, I was talking to a friend about how we could find a way to reconcile different points of view. For example, one friend does not believe in the soul as is, as, as defined as the thing that survives or persists after the physical body of a person dies but at the same time he is quite enamored with indigenous aboriginal cultures which ironically enough believes in spirits and similar things it's as, it's as if, if it's a strange thing that if the concept of a soul comes from Western tradition, it's not good. But if it comes from from a non-Western source, then it's 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 okay. So there's a bit of um, incongruence there, in my view. We also discussed about how some of the communities we participate in some people are into spirituality and what 
used to be referred to as Eastern practices like Tantra and in those body of knowledge and practices, there are quite defined concepts of the masculine and the feminine and how does that then like she finds it quite uh, oppressive to use that in our time and us arguing for the side of the people who who developed this back in the day during the archaic times and also during the actual age where most of the these religions were born or were uh, started that was the way they look at the world and we live in a different time things have changed in the way we look at the world and for sure there are some things we think now that the future would think future people if we survive this would think why the hell did they think that way so as i was talking to her one of the things i mentioned was uh, maybe things are consistent or they make sense within a certain domain for example the the yoni and the lingam the masculine and feminine as understood in some teachings of tantra is consistent within that specific domain and then the way gender studies looks at what is gender what is sex what is gender presentation what is preference what is orientation and the like makes sense within that domain as well so this is another reason why i consider it important to start any any relevant and significant education in the 21st century to start with metaphysics and as we've as you've heard in my, in the page i read i just read metaphysics pertains to is the study of the relationships between domains so the idea the intention the hope is that with metaphysics then I can somehow make sense, find commonalities, differences, or relations between different domains that oftentimes, especially when the when it's an argument where each side strawmans the other side, it seems that there's a real friction a real a real dis, a real dissonance a real banging against opposing seemingly opposing principles and the like yeah and i find it also interesting how landry extends the concept of a domain as not just a space where con there's content in for example 
in in the web world you have a domain name system and for example i have a domain which i own it's called libuniversity.com that's a domain and inside that domain then i can have libuniversity.com slash index.html it contains a file it can also contain a folder libuniversity.com slash img slash bird.jpg which is the in, an image or there could also be a subdomain so it could be like um, store.libuniversity.com so there's a way where uh, one can look at that as a space where as a place where content can be put into but lander extends it to more up into a more abstract general sense that a domain is not just about a collection of things such as the things in my website but also three or more mutually associated and usually fundamental defining concepts i find there's something with this three slander has this three the triplications which we will discuss in the next page i imagine there's also like three dimensions to define objects in the world to situate things in in space and zach stein has also three he has also a three triplicate when it comes to when he's trying to uh, revise psychology and of course in religion there's a trinity yeah so It begs the question: What is what is is there something fundamental with the number three, or is it just the way our brains are wired so that that's the only way we could delineate things is have, by having three aspects, three dimensions? And. The next conversation that seems to be synchron seems to exhibit synchronicity is that one late night I was after a few drinks I was asking my friend who is a has a PhD in philosophy about what did Derrida mean when he said there's nothing outside text and we got into a discussion of like in order to have something there must there must be another thing but that other thing is not the same as that thing there's a difference so with the text as the reader it's really hard to fix something because the, the thing that's being read could be what interpreted in different ways by different readers but the same that in order to fix that there must be a comparison with another thing and to fix identity there must be another thing that's quite similar to that but it's not really the same because it's another instance so again going back to the, the main thing if you are familiar with object-oriented programming there's classes and instances So 
what's related to that conversation yeah our conversation went into explaining that and also we went into it's relating it to Gödel's uh, incommensurate theorem like you can either have a, a complete axiomatic system but it won't be consistent or you can have a consistent one but it will be incomplete which kind of relates to self it what breaks it down is the self-referential when when i say this statement is not true then or this statement is false is that is the statement false or true it kind of breaks down because if it's false then it's true but then if it's true then it's false so the, the the looping breaks down when there must be something else outside the the system yeah it's good good old, from what i remember from what i read about it is that it was a reaction to whitehead and other people who are trying to come up with a complete logical and like a complete logical complete listing logically of mathematics from like creating a complete system of mathematics starting from first principles and Godot kind of goes you can't do that it cannot be complete because there'll be inconsistencies and which we also related to Heisenberg certainty principle relating to the electron cloud you can either measure where the particle is or its velocity but not both at the same time which could be again is it the property of the electron is it from that property or is it from the way or from the limitations of how we measure stuff we also related it to Wittgenstein about there are some things that we can we can't speak about which we must be silent it's quite interesting so that relates to this concept in this page five of eventity which is an entity and an event it's like um it's like mixing it's a bit like loosely i could the way i understand this it's a it's, a, it's an identity is when for example i triangulate the position of a part of a thing in space and also the time when it appeared it's like an event so i remember reading this book on physics by this italian physicist who talk about i have to reread the book again talk about einstein and and what he discovered and he also is working on quantum gravity but one salient thing i remember from reading that book is physics seems to be coming to the point that what is fundamental in the universe are happenings so this this concept of event eventity reminds me of that and also in landry says in some contexts 
The meaning of the term identity is also to be considered as a combination of the concepts of identity and relation. So again, there's that point of like, there's no such thing as a free-floating identity. It's always in relation to something else. Yeah. And which is quite illuminating because I think some of the debates I've seen happening online seems to assume that there's a, an identity that's just free floating without, that's like pure and, uh, and perturbed and, and affected by, re, by the relationship it has, relationships it has with other things. So I got, I got, I guess this um, definition of an identity will be useful when I use it later on as we finish the book to apply it to practical things that's happening in my life and perhaps other people's lives. And going back to Derrida, it's also in page five of this imminent metaphysics where the principle of identity, which is saying, if I cannot distinguish an identity from another identity in any kind of logic, property, measurement, interaction, or any kind of principle, means, mode, or method, then it must be the same thing. And in homage, I think, to the Derridan concept, he says, no semantic reference is to be assigned to that which is indistinguishable. So I read that as analogous to saying there's nothing outside text. It's like, in a way, there's no semantic reference can, be, can, you, can you assign to something that is not distinguishable. Yeah, if, we, if there is no way of telling one instance in a class from another instance, then it must be the same instance. And yeah, I've, I've heard Landry in some podcasts use this, this, if I cannot tell things apart from another thing, it must be the same. If there's no way of distinguishing one thing from another. And thirdly, the third synchronous eventity, which I experienced while being on this New Year's holidays, is I went there, I did not bring a book, and my phone, I need to buy a new phone, so my phone keeps running out of battery. So it's not really, it's not too useful to, to be used for reading. So I picked up, I borrowed a book from my friend who, whose house we were staying at. And it's Eros, The Bittersweet by Anne Carson. And interestingly enough, I haven't finished the book, but on the pages I've already read, she talks about this triangulation that relates to the erotic. So the erotic is that one of the thesis of the book is the erotic is this um, 
this grasping, this uh, reaching in the space of lack. So it's like, so there's me and there's the lover, the one I love. But when I see the lover, I layer the pot potentiality in her actuality. So it's about, in a way, it's erotic, it's bittersweet because it's sweet because there's that hunger for, for the other. But then once I see the other, then I consider I'm separate from her. And, and what I want from the other shows me what I lack in myself. And, but possessing the other is not gonna, it's not gonna give me the satisfaction because it's not about the possessing of the other. It's actually that, it's just like, she says, here is a verb. It's something that's happening. It's not like a state that once I get this piece of Lego from somewhere and put it into my piece of Lego, that's the end of the story. It's, or the joy is not in that thing. The joy is in actually this continuously reaching out to the space where we triangulate potential and actuality. It's quite interesting. Again, triangulation, three, this triplication seems to be appearing in my psyche at the moment without me planning it, or maybe my subconscious or unconscious is the one planning it, but it's certainly not coming from my conscious. Yeah, so there's those things. Um, yeah, so domain. So physics is a domain. Physics relates to things within one domain. Metaphysics is a study of the relationship between domains. So really, Belim University is very much concerned with metaphysics because it's liminality. It's a space between two domains. You know, it's the liminal spaces or the in-between spaces. And lastly, yeah, I just also finished reading Aspiration by Agnes Callard, which is quite related in some way to Carson's Eros. Because in in the concept of aspiration, yeah, so aspiration is like the rational, the rational way of learning to value something. And in learning to value something, my future self is the one who's gonna who's gonna judge my current self into how well I learn to value something. So it kind of it's like a proleptic reasoning. It's like reversing the usual way we think of causality that this present event causes some. Like, you know, the billiard ball thinking that if I push this thing, then this thing will happen. Tuk, 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 tuk. Like the, what they use in the Deus TV series, which we, which I referred to in the last episode, in the previous episode. But here, 
in a way, it's the future that's determining the meaning. Yeah, it's, it's a bit like there's a way of reasoning where I do not fully know what I value yet, but yet I can have a reasonable way of getting to learn that valuation. So it's, it's not like, yeah, we will get to it later in this book when we talk about what's the difference between a choice and a decision. So choice is more towards this erotic and also the aspirational side. Yeah, I would need to reread the book. It's quite philosophically dense, but I really found it very, very useful for me personally, because I, I, I do struggle with, with goals and that. Because since 2014, I've been doing this experiment of living a, a goalless life. Because I learned this practice called OM, which is about which is an, a goalless practice. But then, there, the straw man, the goalless living argument is to say that then you're just free floating. There's no, there's no purpose to your life, or this is you know, it's just all stochastic maybe not completely random but stochastic but then this concept of aspiration is more is i think the next iteration in my experimentation wherein there's kind of a directionality because i'm i sort of have a, a grasp on a value although i do not fully appreciate what the value is but there's an inkling that I would tend towards this value and then as I go and do more things related to that value and experience more things related to that, then I learn, I get to know more about the value, learn about the value and that could change, it changes who I am. So it's like, again, we come back to this re reflexive reflexivity because a lot of for example in economics and other disciplines it seems that the person doing the choosing when you do choice theory is not changing as they make the decision and also it assumes that the rational agent already knows what to value and it's just a matter of applying certain principles to to make decisions a bit like linear programming it's 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 attempting to make Human decision, human choice as a matter of engineering, but it doesn't really work because sometimes when we when we decide or choose a path, it changes the the one doing the choice, and the person who made the choice before making the choice is not the person who became the person after making the choice. So there's no way of knowing beforehand if it is the right decision or the right choice. Which kind of relates to the discussion of the relationship between the subjective and ob the objective, which we talked about in the previous episode. It's all linking. It's all starting to make sense. Although I'm still digesting the implications of all this, but this is the point of this actual series is for me to 
voice out the way I'm grappling with the concepts as I go along, not waiting or having a finished product. So this is like you're being with me in the process of me getting, you know, you're in my aspirational journey. So I'm, the, when I read this imminent metaphysics book, as I read it, how I value it also changes and you're part of this journey if whoever is listening to this. Yeah, and yeah, this will be it for now. And as you can see, I'm doing this, uh, as you could hear and not see, <laughs> is that I'm doing this on the fly. It's not like I prepared this beforehand. I'm actually recording it, recording this as I'm thinking it. The words are coming out of my mouth as I'm thinking. Oh, and lastly, in, with the Anne Carson book on Eros the Bittersweet, there is this uh, section on the metaphor, how it, yeah, it relates to this uh, Derridan concept, deconstruction where like a metaphor we know like we know that the metaphor, the object of the metaphor and the being and the subject of the metaphor, they're not the same, but they're not completely different either. And they said that tension or it's like that um, something breaks, but there's still something breaks the the completeness. Of the, they're not they're not identical, but at the same time they're not completely separate, like the the metaphorical object and whatever it is being metaphorized, if that's a verb, you know, like um, yeah, like yeah, it's kind of related to symbol as well, where symbol means. Apparently in, in in Greek it means one half of a knuckle bone that I carry and then I bring that to someone else who has the other half and then we fit it together. And then when they fit together then that forms a symbol. Again, there's that again there's this triplication. There's one side of the knuckle bone, the other side, and the fitting together. Yeah. So I'll end it with this and tomorrow we'll do the next page. And as we do the next page, I'm sure I'll be going back to some of the things now that are now here. It's a lot of um, backlinking that's gonna happen. I can foresee that happening.